Hasn't it been a fun morning so far? It's been good. And hopefully that will continue over the next 20 minutes. If I was to um, summarize my story via a person, actually, Nat and his story would, um, would be a perfect summary. This, Nat was a guy who stepped out of his comfort zone and uh, responded to what he felt God was speaking to him about, and God's been so faithful. So that essentially is the message. I'm not saying you should go to sleep over the next 20, 25 minutes, but that essentially is the message for this morning. Um, as Rosie said, this is our Vision Sunday, and uh, Vision Sunday is a great opportunity for us to um, reflect a little bit and have a think about what God has been doing with us over the last 12 months. And it's also an opportunity for us to look forward and to think about what God's going to be doing with us, how he's speaking to us at the moment. And our vision, as you've seen up on the slides already, is taken straight from the Great Commission. So Matthew 28, um, our version of it is to be a disciple-making community. So a place where people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. That's what we believe disciple-making looks like. And it's a cyclical thing. So we're here as a community to help people to know God better, to find increased freedom, to discover increased purpose and to make a difference. And our vision is a, is a place where everyone steps into what God has for them. Everyone. You've all got a plan and a purpose uh, in God's eyes. And we're not doing it because we feel obligated to, or in order for us to feel loved, we uh, should be serving in a certain way. But actually, we step into what God has for us, knowing first our identity in him, who we are in him. And it's from that place of security that we're able to, to move forward. And do you know what? The crazy thing is, it's actually happening. We are becoming a disciple-making community that God's called us to be. God's plan for Grace Church is working. Um, we heard Nat's story just, just now, but a couple of weeks ago we had a celebration story from Haley. Do you remember that? Haley is someone who interned with us last year. Uh, she um, had uh, some quite life-controlling anxiety, and God, over an extended period of time, as she was uh, surrounded by people who loved and cared for her. And as God broke in in power, um, her anxiety went and she was able to step into what God has for her. She's leading uh, one of our kids' groups and uh, the transformation is incredible. We had uh, Liz, who's an intern from Moorlands, uh, with us. I was chatting to her a few days ago and I was asking her how she's finding her time at Grace Church and finding the way we do worship, etc. But one of the things that she was most uh, impressed with and what challenged her and encouraged her so much was just a sense of community and love and care that there is for people here at Grace Church. Um, we've got our baptisms. Uh, coming up next week. And uh, we have got, um, across our three Sunday services, and then the week after, on our Wednesday service, we've got nine, potentially ten people being baptised. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Thank you, Francis. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, what's equally amazing is hearing from Duncan and Hannah and um, Steve and Julia last week. We spent some time with them. And Duncan and Hannah, they sent, we sent nine people to plant a church into Manchester. Nine people. 
and they're doing baptisms in March, and they've got five people being baptised. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Steve and Julia, they're doing baptisms in March. Kin's Church, so this was a church we planted two and a half years ago. It's just been recognised as, as a church in its own right by the Charity Commission, so it's official. And, um, and they've got two people being baptised in March. Yeah, a smattering of applause. Maybe I should have finished with Duncan and Hannah. <laughs> it's incredible. And these people, and these people being baptized, are all declaring who uh, they are in Jesus. They're new creations in him. They'll be declaring how God has changed their lives, that they're now living for him. This is happening. The, our disciple-making community, God-given vision is happening. We had um, our prayer meetings a couple of weeks ago, and wasn't there an increased sense of God's power and presence there? I just thought it was amazing. So much so, we did the unexpected, and we went off-piste, and we organized an extra prayer meeting on the following Tuesday. And um, we had over an hour of people praying out, petitioning uh, God with prayers of what they'd love to see happen in this church, in the city, and beyond. And... I, I, maybe you're a lot holier than me, but I did, I never, I've never found an hour's worth of petitioning prayer so easy as it was on that Tuesday night. It was incredible, and we could have gone on for, for longer. So we are seeing God's vision for Grace Church come to pass. He knows what he's doing, and everyone's invited to be a part of it. This is God's calling on us. This is who we are. This is our long-term vision. But in amongst our long-term vision, God actually speaks to us specifically um, now words. He speaks to us prophetically. Um, that's what we mean by prophecy. It's something that, um, where God speaks to us about a specific moment that helps us shape the direction that Grace Church is to go in. How does God speak? Well, he speaks in Christ, by the Spirit, through the Scriptures, to the church. That's, that's the definition of what it means to be a charismatic and evangelical church. You know, spirit-filled and Bible-believing. And he uses people as his mouthpiece to do this. Last year, on Vision Sunday, the words that God seemed to be speaking to us lots about, um, or lots through, was Isaiah 54. Do you remember the picture of the tent? I won't get you to, I'm sure you could, but I won't get you to recall the whole of my vision talk from last year. Um, but essentially the summary was, um, strengthen and stretch, enlarge the place of your tent. And people saw prophetic pictures of the sides of the tent being rolled up. And this being a place where people from all walks of life can come in and encounter the presence and the power of Jesus. And the biggest encouragement for me, whilst nervously preparing this message the week before, was a prayer meeting we had, where we had um, a guy from the council, Councillor David Mellon, come in here, and he was talking about fostering an adoption for the city, that's why we brought him in. But at the end, he had a uh, particular prophetic word for us. What was it? It was Isaiah 54. God was encouraging us that that was the word for the moment. And the key prophetic message this year that God is speaking to us over and over again is in Isaiah again, but it's Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Let me 
remind you of it. It's what Steve spoke into a couple of weeks ago, and it's what I'm going to be speaking into again. It says this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this passage. And firstly, we're going to look at the context, the original context of which Isaiah was prophesying this into. Whenever you read um, prophecy in the Bible, it's important to think about who the prophecy was originally for. Um, what circumstances, what situations people were going through, what the similarities were between their situation and our current situation, what the differences were. So we'll spend just a few minutes doing that, and then we're going to apply it to 21st century Nottingham. You ready for the ride? You guys look pumped. You (laughs) ready to go? Excellent. I will take laughter as a yes. Okay, so... Context is important, so let me run through the brief history of God's people across the stage in a minute or so. So essentially here, we're out of Egypt. You guys, you're out of Egypt. You're in the Exodus, okay? You're in the wilderness. You're spending longer than you should do in the wilderness. And then finally, get to the promised land here, okay? You're in the promised land for a bit. There's judges, there's kings. Um, The people of God, they split. And you've got Judah, the tribe of Judah, and you've got Israel. And they're um, looked after by by kings, some of whom do good in the sight of the Lord, but most of whom don't. There's increased idolatry. Okay, And Isaiah starts speaking into what's going on with the people of God there. And eventually what's happened, because of their idolatry, exile happens. And it happens over time, and it happens uh, first to um, Israel and then to Judah. Um, And what happens is Judah ends up in in Babylon, and um, they spend an awful long time in Babylon. And then out of nowhere, a king, um, King Cyrus, rescues them from Babylon, and they are free. They're in ex- they're in, they've, they've come out of the exile and they're able to go and, uh, and build the temple and build the walls. That's Ezra Nehemiah, if you're thinking about it from a Bible perspective. So that's the, that's the journey of the people of God. I'll be testing you later. Okay. And the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, they are speaking about roughly where I am here. So what was that? That was uh, the kings, people doing their own thing, lots of uh, idols. And they're speaking in, Isaiah's speaking into this situation, and he's saying, change your ways, or there'll be an exile that happens. The exile happens. And then the second half of Isaiah is about what happens post-exile. Okay? So Isaiah 43, they've just had the exile. They're finding their way back to build the temple, that's where he's speaking these words into. Okay, and alongside this, the the other theme that comes through Isaiah is this mysterious suffering servant. It's, It's in the first part and the second part of Isaiah. Who's the mysterious suffering servant? It's Jesus, isn't it? And he talks about how um, the prophecy is about Jesus suffering and dying on a cross. 
so that we might be free from our sin and shame. Okay, so with that in mind, what does remember not the former things, what is Isaiah referring to? What's he referring to? He's referring to the exile. He's referring to you bunch of people here. Okay, the, the, um, the people have just spent 200 or so years repressed and scattered before they get liberated and are on the move again. So they're out of the land of their oppressors. And he's saying to them, look, if you get stuck in the failure, disappointment, and sin of the past, the shame of the past, you'll never move forward into what God has for you. Remember not the former things. Don't look back at the sin and the shame of the past. Look forward. That's what he's saying. The past can teach us, can't it? But we've got to be careful. It doesn't bind us. Isaiah is encouraging God's people to gaze ever forward to what God's going to do. He's encouraging them ultimately to look forward towards the suffering servant Jesus and what he did on the cross. I am doing a new thing. That's the next bit. What is the new thing? The new thing is a national liberation. Freedom. Can you imagine how that freedom felt after such long in a foreign land? The new thing is deliverance from Babylon. And the interesting thing is here that Isaiah, he, um, in a way, he wants you to think about this as a new exodus. And you know that because he uses a lot of the same Exodus language um, that, uh, and terminology that he used in the past. Verses 16 and 17 are a direct reference to the parting of the Red Sea, which happened all the way over here. But this is a new Exodus. This Exodus is different. It's a new thing. And how will it look different? Well, I will make a way in the wilderness. Last time they were in the wilderness... God provided just what they needed, didn't he? He provided uh, water at Mara. He provided manna. And we heard about it a few weeks ago, that this manna would only last for a day. Give us this day our daily bread. If they tried to store it out for any length of time, it would, it would go moldy and, and it wouldn't last. But this time round, the imagery is so much more lavish so much more lavish. It's fully-fledged rivers in the desert, so it's the entire landscape changing. It's the, it's the kingdom of God coming. And here we see acts of God which bring the whole world into harmony. Life coming from a place of death. Life coming from a place of death. A feature which will only be perfected if I was more athletic. I sort of jump over here. This is the day that Jesus returns over here. It's, it's that. So that's what it means for the people of God then. Let's, let's apply this now to 21st century Nottingham. We are all shaped by our past, aren't we? Whether, whether we like it or not, it affects us. Our experience, both of the good and the bad, um, affects the world and this affects what our expectations are. So our past failures, um, if we're not careful, shape how we look at things in the future and we can be drawn back into them. I had an expectation of what a church leader uh, looked like 
And so when Nick, who uh, used to lead Grace Church a couple of years ago, when he stepped away from leading, and I was left leading, leading the tent, <laughs> um, I had a quick look at myself, and I knew that I didn't meet any of the requirements of what a church leader in my mind should look like. I thought to myself, well, for a start, I'm not eloquent enough. I don't have the right skill set. I'm not particularly comfortable in an upfront setting, speaking to large numbers of people. You know, my skill, my, my skill set is managing teams and loving and caring for people and bringing the best out of people there, but none of this upfront business. I'm not gifted at preaching. I also saw with some number one leaders, there's, a, there's this sort of sense of not being happy with the present and always wanting to look to the future. Well, I'm quite happy with the present. I, uh, I quite enjoy the, the here and now as a general rule of thumb. And so I didn't see that angst, that sort of holy angst in my life. And so I, um, I ruled myself out. My skill set was so different from Nick's. And so what I did was I endeavoured to love and care for people in the best way that I could. And there was lots of that going on behind the scenes. Um, whilst we as a leadership team, we tried to find someone who was more like Nick to lead Grace Church into the future. The former things were affecting how I viewed myself and how I viewed the future. So rather than coming to God open-handed, saying, Lord, what is it that you want for Grace Church? I let my previous experience shape, my, shape the future. However, God was so patient and um, spoke in all manner of different situations to me. And eventually, uh, my thick brain got the message and I was able to, to hear it for, for what it was. And I won't tell you the story now, but there's a guy who leads a, a big church in Colorado. And um, he ended up prophesying um, over me and over this church, uh, among a few others, and saying, for such a time as this, this is, um, uh, you, you are to, to lead the thing. And he's actually in the UK, and he's speaking to us in October, so you can quiz him about it then. This is the message for today, okay? Listen up. God is wanting to speak to so many of us today about this. He wants to challenge your thinking. What in the past, over here, is stopping you from stepping into the present and the future over here, God's plans and purposes for you? Is it disappointment with God? Have you um, spent time praying for some a particular situation and you haven't heard God speak over and over again and you've just, you've just run out of steam with it? Well, the people of God must have felt the same way because they were in exile for 200 or so years. Is it fear about money? You know, someone said to you, why is it? You need to save up a bit for the rainy day. But that has um, got away with itself. And essentially, you've saved up for a, for a hurricane. And you're no longer trusting in uh, God, but you're trusting in the finances that you've accrued. Well, maybe God's working in your heart right now. And he wants you to step out in faith. We've got our pledge days in a couple of weeks' time. So maybe it's an it's a encouragement for that. Maybe your health has let you down in the past. I've, I've been guilty of this. 
um, where I've seen my health just go downhill. And so I've not wanted to step forth fully into what God has for me because I don't want the same thing to happen again. Is it rejection and relationships stopping you from, um, and you've been rejected by a few people, so you've stopped asking anyone else, anyone who you might like, because you don't want to be rejected again. What about words that someone has said over you that's holding you back? You know, I was told um, by someone, oh, you'll never be a number one leader, whatever that means. And, but that resonated. That was some thinking I needed to unpick over time. Have you been hurt in a previous church situation? So you, you know that it's biblical to come along to church, so you faithfully attend here week after week, but you're like, this time round, I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to serve and engage with the full life of the church because I don't want to be hurt again. I don't want all of that to go to waste again. Well, God's word to us this morning is forget the former things, He's doing a new thing. Don't be shaped by the old. Be shaped by what God is saying over you right now. And what's God saying over you right now? He sings over you. He delights in you. He looks at you with joy, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is. The past doesn't define you. It doesn't. The past doesn't define you. Instead, be defined by your identity in him. Is that running true? Yeah? Be, de- by, be defined by your identity in him, and then everything else comes off the back of that. As I took him at his word, eventually, and stepped into this role, God's been so faithful, and you know we're hearing some of the life of what's going on at Grace Church, and it's all because of him. What's the new thing he wants you to step into right now? What's the new thing he wants you to step into today? I will make a way in the wilderness. What that means for us now is we're not to look at current situation and circumstances. The wilderness is a place of death. You know, as Nat was saying earlier, it's not quite death in Clifton, but he was saying there's, um, there's challenges that we all face, you know, financial challenges or whatever, but we're told to look beyond that and step forth in faith into what God has for us. He says he'll make a way in the wilderness. The wilderness isn't an encouraging environment to do anything. But as we step forth, new life comes. Streams of living water forever change the landscape. Now, specifically, some of you might have come to the conclusion that your life is a wilderness without God. Well, this might be the opportunity for you today to invite him in and see streams of living water flow in your life for the first time. Bring joy, bring hope, bring refreshing. Interestingly, previously when the people of God came to the wilderness, they had manna from heaven, didn't they? What do we have now? What's our bread of life? It's Jesus It's Jesus. He breaks in and breaks through. He gives us life. It's in Christ that we are strengthened. Through Christ, he strengthens us. When they're in the wilderness, the people of God got water from a rock. Where do we get our living water from? It's from the Holy Spirit. From the Holy Spirit. He's our restorer. He's the great comforter. He is our hope. 
Some of you, as ridiculous as this sounds, I've been here as well, some of you have erected a man-made dam in your lives where you're like, Lord, you're in control. Your streams of living water can flow in this area, but I'm not letting them into this area. I've got this. This bit I'm in control of. Well, he wants to break that dam today in your life. Okay, right now, I want you to begin to ask, what has God put on your heart? He might be speaking to you through the worship, uh, through our incredible time, then through this message. Because the application is for us to step out in faith and obey the new thing that God has for us. We're, um, we're a disciple-making community, as I've said, what, at least eight times this morning. Being a disciple means that you're a follower. Most of us are followers of Jesus. And you can't follow someone if you're forever looking behind. You need to look forward. You can't, you can't follow someone if you've got all of this baggage that you're having to tend to. So you follow by looking forward into the new thing that God has for us. This might feel like a bit of an individualistic message for a vision Sunday, for a church Sunday, but I tell you it's not. It's because this place is not led by one person or a team of people. It's, it's a place where everyone is to play their part and to step into what God has for them. And as you do that, we all move forward together and we see God's kingdom come in power in Nottingham, in Manchester, in Birmingham and beyond. Amen? I, I love this church. I really do. And um, I love it for so many reasons, but ultimately it's because I see God move in such power and I'm so inspired by so many of you in the room. And I can't wait to see this place being even more full of God's power and presence as many people in the room today step into what God has for them. On Vision Sunday, you might have been expecting announcements, new plans. You know, I could have said, oh, we've got five new church plants coming up. Who's with me? Anyone? <laughs> but we're not doing that, are we? Not this time. And we haven't come up with any incredible strategy that we're moving forward into. All we're doing is we're listening out to the voice of God and we're stepping forward with all of our might and all of our energy into what he has for us. We're not going to let the past define us, okay? Some of you, that will be a sense of shame from something that's happened in the past. That's not to define you. God wants to break through and break free in that right now. Instead, he's, he's taking you by the hand and leading you into something new. Uh, if we could have the bands, please, that would be great. It takes real courage to step forward and to, uh, to, to step on into what God's doing. And so um, we're going to spend a few minutes now. Um, we'll stand up in a minute and we'll just reflect and um, we'll, we'll sing this on and we'll reflect and hear from God. And he's going to be speaking to many of you now. But then I'd love us to pray specifically at the front for people who he's specifically talking to. And I'd love to pray for courage 
and for people to meet God in power uh, this morning. Because if we're to do this, we can't do this on our own. It falls flat on our own. But as we step into what he has for us, all things are possible. So we're going to sing for a few minutes and then I'll be back.